Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, welcome, listeners, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. It is Thursday, December 9. This is Dwight Beal, and I'm here with Laura Beth, Lara, Lara <laughs> Beth Snope. Got to get used to that. Eastern um, Pennsylvania, I can't help it. I'm sorry. Right. We call Thursdays on this podcast Thankfulness Thursdays. Okay. So, Beth, is there something in the last week that you can think of that you're thankful for? Most of my family is on the upper end of having felt really awful, mm. feeling better, mm-hmm. at least in the process of feeling better. So that's good. Um, and there have been just some gorgeous sunsets. Yes, there have. In this last, last night week. included. Yep. Um, just the sky is many, many colors. And um, one of the nights driving, because sunset is so much earlier, I see it sometimes even driving home from mm. work. And the one just had, I am not a painter. There's a lot of green. But there was just a lot of everything. And I was like, I don't even know how you'd paint that. But the one set of clouds that were kind of purple looked really puffy, almost like cotton balls. And then the next set almost looked like pulled cotton candy. And they were like pink. And um, it was just just amazing. And that has been very beautiful. I love that. Mm -hmm. So... Well, this is actually going to be our last time together because we don't have a Bible reading passage for tomorrow. Okay. So after we read this passage, we'll we'll take a little look back and see if there are some common threads that have woven through all of these passages. But for today, Beth, if you could read Luke chapter 3, verses 7 to 18. That's our Bible reading passage, but I'd love for you to read one more verse, just 7 to 19. Okay. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? the crowd asked. John answered, the man with two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. Tax collectors also came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly, And we're all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the holy fire, the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire." And with many other words, John exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. Got to be careful what you say. Mm -hmm. Not that he shouldn't have said it, but that, yeah. 
There's consequences sometimes to speaking the truth. Yes. Especially about repentance. Yes. Poor John. <laughs> well, not poor John. John knew exactly what he was doing. Yes. And he knew that he probably knew there was going to be consequences. Yes. When you start out your your statement to a group as you brew the vipers, <laughs> right. why are you here? I think he probably knew <laughs> what he was saying. S- speaking of, <laughs> I've never really stopped to think until this morning, what exactly is a brood of vipers? I would assume it's a whole bunch of vipers together. Right. And a viper isn't a term that I often hear or use, but it's no. a type of snake, right? Yes. And a brood is like a family of snakes. Yes. And vipers are venomous. Yes. So you family of venomous snakes. <laughs> sounds pretty horrible to me, but yes, yes. What a way to open a sermon. Yeah. You have to know that your audience is not going to be expecting that as an opening. If nothing else, it gives us a little window into John's, uh, what shall we say? I think John just didn't want to listen to people's excuses. I'm making sure that what I'm saying is appropriate for anybody Young listening. Ears. Right. Um, I think he's probably tired of just listening to people say what they think they should say. Mm. I think he wants to hit them where they are. But I think it is interesting, though, because he doesn't, I mean, he says, you brood of vipers to everybody, but then to this group, do this, to a different group do this, to a different group, do this. Right. They all have their own issues, and he's trying right. to fix their own issues, but they weren't all doing the same wrong thing. Mm-hmm. He was he was saying, okay, you who are in this job, change it this way. You who are this group of people, change it this way. We all have our own stuff to work on because right. we're all screwing up in different ways. Yep. And it's interesting to me that each of these different groups, they asked John, what should we do? As if to say, we're open, yeah. To this rebuke. They weren't scared away by the brood of vipers. Comment. Exactly. They were like, okay, if they we're going to okay. fix this, what do we do? If we're going to fix this, what do we do? Yeah. Which I think is a an incredibly humble and cool posture to take. And then he was direct. He, he had a word for each one of them. So repentance isn't just an attitude of the heart and saying, I'm sorry to God. There's action mm-hmm. connected to it. If yep. we're going to truly repent, we have a to-do list. Yeah. And my to-do list is not necessarily your to-do list. That's right. That's exactly right. So what else jumps out to you in this passage? You know, he starts very strongly by accusing them of being being vipers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he talks about, he's not Christ. Christ is coming. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then he's going to separate and he's going to burn. And then after that, it's like, and they were so excited about the good news. I was like, that doesn't really sound like good news to me. I understand. That stood out to me too. And they they wanted to know what he had mm. to say. They wanted to hear it. They wanted to try and fix themselves. But to know that, okay, he's going to, a winnowing fork? Yeah. If it's what I think it is, it's... It's what separates the wheat from the chaff. Right. It like cuts right. everything down and then right. you separate the good from the bad and you get rid of the bad. And right. it's not a gentle pro- – harvesting is not a gentle process. Right. And so it's impressive. It's necessary. But to hear that and, you know, the people were excited with the good news or he preached the good news. I'm like, it is good news, but it's also really scary news. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, earlier when we were listening and it was like, this is going to happen to everybody and I will bring you back. Mm-hmm. The the whole separation process is just kind of ugly and scary. And painful. Yes. 
Yes. But yeah, verse 18, and with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news <laughs> to them. So if, if, if I could summarize that in a short sentence, the opportunity to repent is good news. Yeah. Even though that the repentance process is very painful sometimes. Yeah. And it separates. And then the very next verse, which is not part of our Bible reading plan... But sometimes I think we need to tack on yeah. a little bit before and a little bit after to get the context. And I don't know if you've noticed, but this Bible reading plan sanitizes these mm-hmm. verses a little bit. Yeah, It sort of takes the rough stuff out of the, the beginning or the ends. But I think we have to read all of it in order to get the full context. Yeah, you know, We have to know that after John preached this, he got thrown in prison. Yeah. And then his head got chopped Right. Off. I was going to say, for those of us that know the story, he didn't get out of prison alive. No. So it wasn't just a short stint like Paul was in and out of prison, as far as I'm aware, yep. and stayed alive through those. And John did not. And eventually season. got his head chopped off in Rome. Yeah. They all had kind of a rough end. <laughs> and John ended up on an island by himself. So like right. they, they all had a rough end. Even, um, I believe it's Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, says the mm. Lord. He says that. Pretty much right before he sends them to Babylon That's to right. be taken over for, or to be, um, for 70 years. Exiled. Exiled. Thank yep. you. For 70 years. So we like to say that verse as though it's And write all it on graduation key. cards. Yep. And, and yep. I even have a little plaque at home that I found. And Bruce said, you can't put that up until you have the rest of the story along with it. That's right. <laughs> you have to have the whole context. Right. Um, Something ugly is coming. I have good plans for you, but you have to get through this first because of the way you've been acting. Right. Every, I feel like everything we're seeing today is mm-hmm. we have to separate. We have to we have to repent from what we're doing, but ugly stuff is coming. And then we'll be back together again when it's over, hmm. which is kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. So Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Glad we just finished with Thanksgiving. We're getting ready for Christmas. <laughs> right. So here's a passage that that jumps out at me, Beth, where he says, don't even begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Mm. He's talking to the Jews who, from a bloodline standpoint, have Abraham as their father. Yeah. But he says to them, don't, don't even begin to say Abraham right. as your father. Right. Don't claim your genealogy here. It's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. And one of the other two verses that we read this week, it was either Isaiah or Zephaniah, I don't remember, but it was talking about, I'm going to say this word wrong, apostate Jerusalem, basically the the non-religious mm. city mm-hmm. needed to be taken down a couple notches so the religious people, so God's people could be brought back. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to claim your heritage if you're not believing it, if you're not acting on it, if you're not doing any of that. Right. And I think we still do that as people. The number of people that my my kids would say, well, they go to church sometimes, or they say they're Christian. Or I was baptized when I was a kid. Right. That's not enough. It's not a resume builder. You have to be living it. You have to be actively believing it so that, as it said in yesterday, is that your gentleness is seen by everyone. Hmm. It has to be obvious. It's not enough to have it on your resume. Nobody believes it if they don't see it. Mm-hmm. Paul says in Galatians 3, 7, those who believe are children of Abraham. And the Greek word for believe means not just an intellectual assent, but belief means you're subscribing to, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're owning this yeah. for yourself. And but then, the belief is first. 
mm-hmm. and being the child is the natural part of that. It's not that the children are all acting the way that they should. It's that those who believe are then called the children. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then just a few verses later, he says, uh, anyone who is in Christ is Abraham's seed. So we, we have a new lineage now, and it's in Christ. And that's open to anybody. Yeah. Any of your students from all those different languages and nations that you teach math to have the opportunity to be children of God and to be sons of Abraham, uh, or more accurately, sons and daughters of God, you know, through Christ. And that's the be- that's the good news yeah. of the gospel, right? Yeah. Harvest is messy business. Yeah. And we want to be on the the wheat side of things. We don't want to be on the chaff side of things. But we have to, you know, we have to share our story with others so that nobody else is on the chaff side of things. Mm. That those that were around. And even earlier when he said the axe is ready at the root of the trees and every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of produce on our property. And if you don't prune it, it doesn't do as well. Like the pruning process, and it's hard on the plant in some cases. Like when we prune our grapevines, they like ooze for a while. They like drip whatever they drip. They're weeping. They are weeping a little bit. But by doing that, they do produce more. You can get them to grow where you want them to grow, and then they produce more. Hmm. And I try to remember that with myself you know, when things feel like they're getting cut off and it feels painful. Mm-hmm. This is in order to make me more in line with what I should be, more in the direction that I should be growing. Mm-hmm. Well, here it is, December 9, we're all sort of in the midst of Advent and thinking about our Christmas lists and yep. thinking about uh, traveling or people traveling to come see us and anticipating the the coming of the Christ child. So as we do all that, just like the the audience of John the Baptist that day, may we all ask the Holy Spirit, so what should we do then? Yeah. What What is it, God, that you're calling me to or you're calling my family to or you're calling the people in my business to or in my classroom? What does repentance look like for us? Remind us that the opportunity to repent, it's good news even though it may not feel like it at the time. Right, even though it feels like a painful pruning process or a painful harvest. Well, God bless you all. This is Dwight and Beth signing off. And I'll just do the ironic blessing here. And then we'll call it a day. So listeners, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace that will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.